0: But let's kick off the show on this Tuesday morning with the GM of Racing, Maddie Walsh from Racing Victoria. Matty, good morning to you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Now, good to be with you, Gareth. Um, are you enjoying your time in your new role? What's it been now? Nearly half a year, six months? Uh, four and a half
1: months, I think. It's been a baptism of fire, but it's been a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time out at race meetings, at training centres, yeah. went up to the Gold Coast, which I found really beneficial both enjoyable and uh, very informative. So it's been a really good four and a half months and uh, looking
0: forward to the year ahead. Has it been what you expected it to be?
1: I didn't have a lot of expectations. It was sort of a a reasonably quick transition from racing.com into this role at Racing Victoria. Uh, The process to get the job uh, happened quite quickly. So it was a bit of a whirlwind, but uh, it's certainly been a really Good four and a half months. There's been some challenges, uh, working with a great team, which makes life a lot easier.
0: The All-Star Mile, this is your first uh, All-Star Mile in charge. Um, there's been a few changes this year. I think they're pushing back the voting... Um, will be the big winner, Maddie. So I think it's what, three weeks later than it was last year?
1: Uh, two weeks two later, yes. Yeah, so it kicks off two weeks later and, and finishes up on February 26th. So the idea behind that is to allow people to see these horses have one run, potentially two runs before they ultimately cast their vote. Hopefully it allows voters to, to find those horses that have come back in good order, that are in form and uh, just gives them, you know, a few more opportunities to see the horses before they ultimately make their decision on who they're going to vote for.
0: And do you think that the voting once again um, will increase on, on previous years? Obviously that will be the plan, um, but um, do you find that the All-Star mole is increasing in popularity?
1: I think it's certainly increasing in, in popularity and, and we're seeing that through uh, the wagering numbers, through the on-course numbers. This year, being free of COVID, hopefully we we'll yeah. get a, a really good crowd at the Valley. And I've got to say, back in uh, 2021, when Mugatu took out uh, the All-Star Mile at the Valley, defeating Russian Camelot, Damien Oliver and, and Hugh Bowman, going hammer and tong up the straight, the, the atmosphere there, yeah. despite it being a COVID-impacted crowd, was, was excellent. So hopefully we'll get that Valley roar this year but there's no doubt i think it's increasing in popularity it's only been around five years yeah. it's, it's the biggest turnover race of our festival of racing and you know, we kicked it off with a launch yesterday which was was really good at federation square and uh looking forward to both the festival of racing We've got seven weeks of outstanding group One action over the, the the coming couple of months and and also <laughs> looking forward to that all-star mile
0: so we were having a chat about the All-Star Mile with Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill with the means test yesterday. So they got, the whole idea of the All-Star Mile was to try something a little bit different, collect a database where you would get new people hopefully into the game. Um, so with the people that you get who log in and, and sign up um, when they vote, what do you do with that data? So what's the, what's the main goal of trying to um, get people to vote and then use – that information to better the game.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose the goals of the All Star Mile are multi pronged. Yeah. One of which is is obviously getting people to vote, and and there's opt in um, boxes when they vote that either allows Racing Victoria, the clubs, or a range of, you know, a range of both to then market to that cohort of people down the track. But it's also about creating another feature race in the festival of racing, as I was talking about before yep. getting crowds on course, getting people watching on TV, ultimately getting people uh, investing on the race as well. So it's not just about capturing more data, but the data that has been captured over the first four or five years has shown, you know, a number of people engaging with the voting process that aren't otherwise mm. on racing databases. Yep. So that's a real positive and we need to continue growing the sport to new audience. That's yeah. an absolute reality.
0: Last year, we had Zaki that took out the All-Star Mile. From a quality point of view, you're a rating man. Um, how does this race rate compared with the quality compared to some of the other features in the autumn? I
1: think it's, it's building year on year. Yeah. I think Zaki uh, and I'm Thunderstrike came out of the race last year, and they were, were two of the star horses yeah. along with uh, Animo and Alligator Blood throughout the spring carnival. And uh, all the big guns, with the exception of Animo, are, are back again. For this, uh, this year's all-star mile yeah. and I'm sure the likes of Zaki, oh, I'm Thunderstruck, Alligator Blood are, are going to generate yeah. a lot of votes. And Alligator Blood was actually the horse that's generated the most votes in the history of the all-star mile. He? He's so popular, yeah. uh, back in 2020, I think he generated <laughs> 18 and a half thousand votes, um, yeah. when he was, I think favorite for that, that particular all-star mile. But, uh, you know, it, it's a really good quality race. It, it's arguably the the best mile race in Australia or, or there and thereabouts. So it's going to be a, a cracking field this year. And the other change we've made is, is with the wild cards. So, yeah. uh, if a wild card drops out then Racing Victoria can make the selection of, of bringing that next wild card in as opposed to it uh, just going to the order of entry. So that's another little tweak which made the, for this year. Which, which
0: you had to do basically after what happened last year, but it makes total sense that you can choose a, a wild card for a wild card. Basically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and there's some of the unique aspects yeah. of this race over you know, the other 4,400 races yeah. we run each yeah. and every year. This one's fan voted and then picked by uh, the wild cards, picked by a panel. So it's certainly unique, but uh, to answer your question, I think the quality of the race is going to be outstanding again this year.
0: Alligator blood. He needs to have a movie after him because his story is <laughs> quite extraordinary. Basically since being purchased for 50 odd thousand there, 50 on thousand dollars at a magic million sale and the journey, the ups and downs that he's had throughout his career. Um, and he's leading the votes Already after 24 hours, basically he's on 1500 votes from Thunderstruck. I wish I win Mr. Brightside and the Tassie horse who they've started a campaign, Tassie racing with the owners there at Scotty Brunton stable, the inevitable um, is fifth ranked at the moment, which is great to see. And even a WA horses in the top 10 laced up heels for Luke Fernie. So, um, I guess that's a, a, a main goal of yours as well, to make sure it's an, it's a national Australasian feel about the All-Star Mile.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can vote from Australia and yep. New Zealand, of course. And we've got horses from Australia and New Zealand and representation right across uh, Australia. But I think the inevitable is going to be really popular. Yeah. I know the uh, the Taz racing crew down there are getting right behind him and ensuring that he hopefully, well, for them, gets into the, uh, the top 10. He's racing well. He's won his last few. But... It'll be real interesting to see how many votes we generate this year. Uh, Greg Carpenter, my predecessor, used to uh, do a great job yes. out on social media. So that's something I'm going to have to uh, turn my attention to over the next couple of weeks. But judging by the terrific launch yesterday, yeah. uh, there's plenty of interest in the race.
0: Well, Dicko be happy. Keats, would you believe, is in the <laughs> top 10, uh, ninth at the moment, Keats. So, yeah. And the, He's going to b- have to get campaigning. Yeah, yeah, well, I think he already started yesterday, Walshie. <laughs> but I think that's the best part about the game because it can... S- the the, the all star mall because there is a little bit of self promotion as well. There's a lot of syndicates involved that need to think up some think up of some ideas to make sure that they get their message across to the punters out there and the racing fans. So, um, and that's what we want. Vote for us, yeah. W- we
1: want stables and connections to get out there and campaign to get their yeah. horse into the race. It's it's engaging and growing the fan base of racing if we do so. So certainly encourage everyone uh, to get on board and try and get their horse in.
0: So the Australian Cup is after the All-Star Mile. Are you, do you think now that you've got the, the autumn structure right here in Melbourne?
1: Look, I've, I've in my media role previously, I've long thought that we should move the Australian Cup yeah. to after the All-Star Mile. So it, it's good to see that's now happened. Uh, this year, it's a one week after the All-Star Mile. Next year, the way the dates fall, it's going to be two weeks after. So that's perfect. It gives horses an opportunity to run in both races, 1600 up to 2000. And then they can head up to Sydney for a race like the Queen Elizabeth if they so desire a fortnight later. So I think that scheduling works really well. And hopefully we're rewarded with a really strong Australian Cup, which of course has been boosted to $3 million as well this year. And got two great support races uh the Roy Higgins yes. where we'll have uh automatic entry or golden ticket into the Melbourne Cup so it's already been a lot of interest in that race which has been boosted to five hundred thousand dollars and then additionally supporting the Australian Cup and Roy Higgins is uh, a three-year-old sprint uh, run last year as the Moomba Plate over eleven 1, hundred meters for the three-year-olds which uh we're hoping will build into a bit of an autumn Coolmore which is also worth five hundred thousand so we think that day is going to be a really nice end to the Festival mm. of Racing and uh, hopefully the Australian Cup uh, is a really strong addition over the next
0: couple of years. Maddie Walsh, joining us, the GM of Racing at Racing Victoria. Maddie, it didn't take long for yourself and the new CEO, Andrew Jones, to flex your muscles a little bit and try and indicate a few changes, especially towards our Spring Carnival. When do you think we'll have a decision whether we push the Cox Plate back or not? Because that will be one of the biggest moves in the history of this wonderful game in this state.
1: Well, just taking it back a step, uh, there's no doubt we've conducting a review of the spring carnival to to make sure that we're maximizing our inventory and using it in the best way possible. Taking that under a lens of knowing that we have to create a program that makes sense for trainers. So everything we've looked at is under that, that lens. So how many trainers have you
0: consulted?
1: Uh, Look, I couldn't put a number on it, but it's a lot. It's yep. a lot and we've had trainers in groups. We've had trainers on the phone, ringing us one-on-one trainers in person. I was out at uh, sand down on the public holiday, a uh, blue diamond preview day a week or so ago and, and just had an impromptu Q and a with a number of trainers as well. So we've spoken to a lot of trainers. I think when it comes to the Cox plate, their initial reaction is, whoa, 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 yeah. hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. You guys are mad. Uh, but you know, very quickly that the rationale behind it is is made clear and the schedule, the proposed schedule, and, and that being one of a number of, uh, alternatives we're looking at starting with making no change, which is very much a possibility as well. But once that proposed schedule is laid out, I think most trainers agree that it's, it's workable and, and certainly in many instances, a schedule that could potentially make more sense than the current okay. one. But you know, once that rationale is laid out, I think most people are on board. At the end of the day, if any changes are made, and I stress if, because there's every chance it'll look exactly the same this spring carnival, but if any changes are made, the intention is to make racing better and to take racing to a broader audience. We need to grow our fan base. And if you look at AFL, you look at cricket, you look at any sport, it's innovation and change in the schedule that has ultimately been the biggest driver of growth in in fan base and racing's no different it's a small example of that is i think something like the pakenham sports bet future stars initiative which has uh, obviously increased the, the prominence of maidens on thursday nights with with an increased prize money level stronger fields more interest that's driven a, an increase in people on course hopefully an increase in eyeballs watching it and definitely an increase in wagering turnover so The schedule is, you know, a great opportunity for us to grow the sport.
0: Does it need to be done in your eyes?
1: I don't think it needs to be done. No, No, I certainly don't think it needs to be done. I think the starting point is that the spring carnival as it is, is outstanding. We probably have the best carnival anywhere in the world. So it doesn't need to be done. I do think it's important that we continue making sure we're maximizing our schedule. We're coming out of COVID, uh, racing, heading into COVID, um, wagering turnover, interest in the sport, uh, eyeballs on the sport in the 2019 Spring Carnival were probably softening a little bit. We hit COVID, everyone's eyes were on racing because obviously we kept Mm -hmm. racing throughout that period, which was was fantastic for the sport. We've had a a real period of growth and, and it's important that we continue that momentum a- and if if ultimately um schedule changes are, are decided upon to be one of the the ways to continue that momentum then then we'll head down that path but as i said there's a there's a lot of options on the table uh everything from no change through to some change is a is a possibility all of that though under the guise that or under the the lens again that you know we are facing a slightly uncertain um wagering outlook we've got the wagering license that still needs to be finalized with government and uh we'd like to have had a a firm position on that by now which we don't so there's uncertainty around that the uh the current wagering license of course expiring in 2024 and as i said there has certainly been a, a softening in wagering turnover through the the first seven months of the season so we need to take that into consideration when assessing any potential investments.
0: So I know you um, you're a busy man, so you need to get going, Maddie. Just a couple of quick questions. When will we have the final decision on this proposed change to push back the Cox Plate? Is it in Mooney Valley's? Um, does it ha- is it up to Mooney Valley now to make that decision with their board?
1: No, no, I think there's a, a range of meetings over the next couple of weeks that will ultimately firm up what the the 2023 Spring Carnival is going to yep. look like. So I'd say definitely by the end of February, uh, there'll be an outcome on that, noting that if there is going to be any change, and i say very much if, yep. um, then that needs to be communicated. So end of Feb, everyone will have a clear picture of, uh, I'd suggest, as to what the 23 Carnival is going to look like. Will the
0: racing fans get to have a look at the business case or the proposal going forward or do we have to wait until Mooney Valley makes a decision or you you um have those meetings behind closed doors with the
1: Well the I think proposals? the the you know we've looked at a range of different options yep. so it's not necessarily um reasonable to to sort of socialize all of them yep. out in the public but if if ultimately any decision to um make some changes is made then There's obviously a lot of rigour that's gone behind those, a business case that's gone behind those. And, you know, a lot of those justifications would be put forward. But, um, yeah, at this stage, as I said, I think, you know, by the end of the month, we'll have a really clear picture where we're headed.
0: Okay. And you just mentioned the, the wagering licences and it's such a big moment in this state, especially, I think in my time covering the game, I don't think there's been a, a bigger decision in the sport to make sure that Racing Victoria gets it right because, um, you need that, the wagering license to work in your favor with the revenue streams, um, how important is it to race it for the, to race in Victoria to get it right, Matty, and what, what needs to be done now to make sure that that decision, um, does happen and, and you get to make that announcement? Yeah, it's
1: really important. Uh, as you say, Gareth, it's a, a, a huge, um, source of funding yeah. for the industry, not just horse racing, but also greyhound racing, harness racing as well. Um, there's, um, we need to make sure that the, we're no worse off under that funding model going forward. Um, which is a, a commitment we're working closely with government on and, uh, the wagering team is certainly working hand in hand with government to make sure that we get that outcome. At the end of the day, there's 25,000 plus jobs, uh, yeah. relying upon the racing industry um you know generates over 3.2 billion dollars of economic activity so it's an important industry and ensuring that we're no worse off under that um wagering license arrangement heading into the next um, license period however long that may be is is vital for the industry so really important piece of work obviously a lot of work has gone into it over the last couple of years it's been a process that was put on hold and um expressions of interest called for again last year. So we're very hopeful that we'll get a, a resolution in the coming weeks and months. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll be a, a no worse off outcome. So the industry's um, funding is secured into the future.
0: And it keeps on changing the, 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 gambling landscape in this country because you have new providers like better that come onto the scene that the Murdoch and the trip camp would be desperate to get involved in uh, licensing, um, to get a piece of the, the action here in Victoria as well. And then you got tab, um. Yeah, it's, um, it wouldn't be easy trying to work out which is the best option.
1: No, absolutely, and uh, you know that the the, la- the landscape is changing so yeah. quickly, as you said, it went, underwent a, an enormous transition through COVID, with retail outlets being shut, uh, relying mainly on digital betting, and new entrants entering the market almost on a, a daily and weekly basis at the moment. So it's it's a vibrant landscape. We need that competition, but it's also vitally important, crucially important to the industry that we have that wagering license outcome arrived upon. And hopefully, as I said, uh, it's sooner rather than later.
0: Well, Matty, um best of luck with the All-Star Mile and a few of those major decisions that will be announced. Hopefully, will um, the, the the structure of the, the spring carnival in the next month or so, and then that wagering decision as well. But um, yeah, looking forward to the All-Star Mile back at Mooney Valley, which I think will be a wonderful host for... For this year's race and i um, looking forward to seeing what happens with the voting as well. It will be fascinating to to watch the different campaigns from the different groups of owners trying to get into the All-Star Mile and what offers they will be um, putting up to their fans out there if they vote for their horse. So, um, no, really looking forward to it, mate.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great seven weeks of, of racing right across the board. Of yep. course, feature racing for the MRC is at Sandown as opposed yes. to Caulfield, which I'm looking you know, forward to it's such a good betting track. Yeah. It, it really is for punters out there. It is as good a track as you'll play on. And uh, I was out at Sandown, as I said, for the, the preview meetings and, there's was a really good crowd there, so looking forward to having Group 1 racing at Sandown and uh, really looking forward to the action right across
0: the next seven weeks culminating in the Australian Cup. And well done to the MRC. There's been a lot of money fixing up Sandown, and it's actually a beautiful place to watch racing, and you can go up to the function centres, and you can see the horses in the back parade, and um, also in the the mounting yard just out the the front there. Plus, there's, if you've got kids, there's plenty of space for them to run around, so... Um, no, I think it's a terrific place to go and watch racing. The facilities have improved out of sight. So well done to the MRC, but looking forward to seeing a blue diamond on the hillside track this year. What about an Oakley plate out of the chute with the
1: the second winning post as well? I was chatting to Matty Hill yesterday. Yeah, Uh, good luck, Matty. He's a a little (laughs) bit nervous about some of these (laughs) 1100 metre races. I know he's had a warm up or two, but, uh, he did say, uh, look, he's. Touch, uh, nervous about it, but uh, it is a beautiful track that 1100 meter start at Sandown with the second winning post. So, uh, every horse will get their chance. And as I said, really looking forward to the racing there and, uh, at Flemington now, in the Valley and all our country there's, locations. There's,
0: there's a out. few text messages coming through. I have got to ask you this question. The Darren Weir situation, um, he could have got his license. I think he can reapply for his license since yesterday. Um, would you like to
1: see him back in the game, Maddie? Oh, look, I, I can't comment on that. Yep. It's obviously uh, an ongoing stewards matter, um, and, and as has been, when I think, will that
0: be? The, would you like that to be um, heard and resolved as quick as possible?
1: It'll take as long as it needs to. Yeah. A- at the end of the day, uh, the stewards have, have reactivated their inquiry, and uh, they'll play that out over the period of time that they need to. A- yeah. And. You know, everyone deserves for the process to be followed as it needs to be. And, and that's exactly what will happen. So yeah, we'll let that play out. Uh, I know there's probably lots of chatter and, and questions about it, but, uh, let the process yeah. run its
0: course and in due course, everyone will know it, the resolution. It'll be dominating the racing conversation for, for a little while. I would imagine now uh, Maddie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in mate. Um, looking forward to the all-star mile, the carnival coming up as well. It should be an absolute beauty. And, um, yeah, and uh, hopefully that decision works out for the best of racing when it comes to the spring carnival. So looking forward to that. There is plenty happening. So um, (laughs) your phone doesn't stop ringing, Matty. Thanks for joining us here on Giddy Up on this um, Tuesday morning.
1: Absolute pleasure, Gareth. Great to be here.